Welcome to the life of a global desi. A podcast that connects like-minded desis all over the globe by conforming to stereotypes and breaking them. Introducing Life of a Global Desi interviews. Yes, we bring to you our conversations with remarkable global desis who are doing some truly cool things in life. The idea is to bring fresh perspectives, add diverse voices, and expand the global desi community. On to our episode now. The guest on today's show is my high school bestie, Saloni Singh Patania, an army brat with a passion for fitness and travel. A full-time working professional with an obsession for triathlons, Saloni is the third Indian woman to have competed in and completed the Ironman, a long-distance triathlon that consists of a 2.4-mile swim, 112 miles of cycling, and a 26.2-mile full marathon run, raced in that order without a break. Ironman is widely considered as one of the most difficult one-day sporting events in the world. As an avid endurance junkie, she has completed the Mount Everest Base Camp, which stands at 18,192 feet high. The Deccan Cliffhanger Race, which is a 643 kilometers non-stop cycling race in which she stood first in the women's category. Wow, those are mind-boggling stats. With all that, let's hear from Saloni about what keeps her going. On to our episode now. Hello everyone. Today we have with us Saloni, who is someone I've known for almost 20 years now. Um we've known each other since high school, 10th grade. Uh she's the kind of friend who you walk your dogs with. So we've we've walked our dogs together in the colony late in the night, early in the morning. She's the kind of friend who teaches you how to ride a two-wheeler bike on her bike. So she's a very very trusting friend. And uh she's also the kind of friend who, you know, you go through many 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 milestones in life with um including um a wedding she actually flew out directly from her conference in london and landed directly at my sangeet from the airport so she's that kind of friend um but i think more importantly she's someone i truly truly admire and i'm super excited to have on this podcast uh for everyone to um get to know her better and she really inspires me every day with all the fabulous things that she does so let's jump right in hi saloni how are you doing hello i'm doing well how are you how are you guys good <laughs> super excited to have you on the podcast yes i am pretty excited myself i have no idea what i'm going to be saying <laughs> so apologies in advance sometimes i kind of lose track of that but yeah it's good it's good and it's good to connect with you guys and especially considering that we are all sitting on three different sides of the globe three different countries if not sides, and continents and actually continents yeah that's right. so true yeah that's uh, it's it's uh, globalization at its best and especially in times of social distancing yeah Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. So, Saloni, the it's been so long since I've seen you and met you and I'm so excited to just get to chat with you and get to know you better through this podcast. Um so we have a couple of icebreaker questions for you uh for mm-hmm. not just me but also the least listeners to get to know you better. So, mm-hmm. the icebreaker question is 
What is the I'm most sweating. random thing in your purse or wallet? Most random thing in my purse or wallet. It's I have no idea but why I carry the house keys of my Pune house. Okay and it doesn't make sense there is no reason I'm sitting in Bangalore there is absolutely zero reason and guess what so um I have my parents house keys in my in my purse and I have the house keys of the house where I used to stay and now another <laughs> friend is staying there and I still have some stuff I have that house keys also and sometimes I'm like that's just dumb right but if I lose my purse I just like at the same time lose everything but yeah I think that is the most like random thing that I probably have in there Amazing, our janitor in charge who has like ten thousand house keys in her wallet, and it That's makes no sense to like get 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 in. You can always get into any house you want. But yeah. I'm in Bangalore. Those houses are in Pune. <laughs> like bit of a difference. Like that's what makes it weird. Yeah, just exactly. Situated yeah. into carrying them, I guess, <laughs> or forgetting to take yeah. it out of your bag after moving cities. <laughs> that's... Actually, after this talk, my maybe actually the first thing to do is like take those keys out. Exactly. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, so that, that's the weirdest thing that I have. Hmm. All right, so let's try and dig in a little deeper um, to get to know you better. Uh, what identities do you strongly associate with, and what were your early influences growing up? Identities, mm-hmm. as in this could mean anything. It could be like what part of the globe you're from, the places that define you, your hometown, or like your gender, maybe. um cast books socio economic class i don't know anything that you strongly associate with growing up actually was pretty i was not confused but that's something that i honestly didn't really think too much about because um like from the backgrounds that we all come from and i mean the three of us here uh being an army officer's kid right we were always mm-hmm. like trying to uh find that footing everywhere we went so i think if an identity is something i have to talk about it would probably be um you know just like being super adaptable in some sort because i have the number of schools i've changed the number of cities i've changed um i mean i've done like like to give you an example i've done my 6th and my 9th 6th standard in three different schools in three different cities similarly i've done my 9th i did not fail it was just like three months here three months there three months there and the <laughs> same <believe> you. <laughs> yeah yeah thank you and the same thing happened with my 9th standard so that's six school between two grades mm-hmm. you know so for me I never really got around saying that okay I really really um strongly identify with a certain thing but adaptability would be one of those things and I come uh from uh, like I already mentioned army officers uh, I'm an army officer's daughter um and I have an elder sister and uh, ever since growing up we have been uh, we've been brought up and groomed uh to be very very fiercely independent and um opinionated women um so hmm. if you speak to my mom my 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 sister like obviously like my dad poor thing gets like uh, <laughs> you know one vote less you know what Because i mean right two daughters <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah every But, father with two daughters yeah so like i think empowerment was a very key driving factor like from very small things insignificant things um like you know like archie said that i was probably one of the first girls in our group to start riding um the, the two wheeler i was one of the first mm. one who could even drive um yeah. because my mother ensured that both my sis- sister and i um 
you know start learning after we uh, grad uh, after our 10th standard in the mm-hmm. break that we have she ensured that we both learn how to drive that's true, you know yeah. because she never had that opportunity like so my mom still doesn't drive right mm-hmm. and she wanted hence to instill that in us that comfort in in us to drive right from like you know when we are whatever at that tender age uh, so i think empowerment was something which i actively didn't identify with but now when i look back i realize that was a very very uh, very 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 strong driving force in the way i was mm. brought up like the fact that my mom was my mom my parents made sure that both for my, my sister and i when we finished our 12th standard we were both sent to hostels in a different city because my mm-hmm. mom was like you need to know how to rough it out right we had an x amount of pocket money which was like you know very little very like just for the bare necessities and she was like if yeah. you want to indulge you need to work so since i have been 17 i have always had a part time job and then a full time job eventually but i always if i wanted to you know have a little more fun go out with friends and party i had to earn it and i think that's been a very very strong driving force uh, my entire upbringing that's so incredible um and i think parents in india especially and and again this was while growing up i'm sure saloni you and rtv we all identify with this like the idea of working part time or doing anything outside of studies was so like looked down upon right it was almost like oh no you know you start working only once you finish all your studies and you're i don't know 21 22 but i think that's slowly changing and uh, it's so important for kids to be more empowered financially and economically right because i don't i think we're really sheltered from thinking about finances or econ- or you know economics home economics early on but i think that's that's like you rightly said makes you so independent and make your own decisions yeah. like my parents so always focused on giving us the bare necessities like i did not have a cell phone for the longest yeah. finally my first cell phone was gifted to be my by my sister because she was like oh. dude it's a, it's a pain to get in touch with you so here take mm-hmm. a phone my parents have till date never bought me a phone mm-hmm. whatever <laughs> phone that, yeah whatever phones i've had after that have been bought by my own money which i saved and i own my parents were like in our opinion a cell phone is not a necessity it is a luxury amazing please so <laughs> own it it's it was simple yeah, yeah i think that's yeah, I incredible think, um i think yeah. yeah i i i totally resonate with the whole younger sibling thing i think it's also my sister here who spoils <laughs> me with most things and not my parents as much um but also to sister's point and like what you mentioned around independence and self sufficiency uh, i think most indian parents tend to like indulge their kids till like the longest time but it's so heartening to see your parents uh, really pushing you outside your comfort zone actively versus sheltering you um you know yeah. super protectively so that's that's incredible yeah. um and i can also vouch for her driving stuff right she was always the designated driver <laughs> even before like she said no one none of us knew how to drive uh, early on and you know we obviously wanted to go out partying and saloni was like the trusted designated driver because she never she i don't think she still drinks but she didn't drink back then either so you know she was the most trusted driver for sure i can vouch for that wow. yeah i mean I, you know there's a funny story behind this okay so once uh, not behind this but to do with this so um in pune uh, we were all out at this club uh, blue frog okay it had opened oh, up yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. and we were driving back and i had like uh, i was in my car and i had like some five very very drunk people in my car it was a saturday night and i was obviously stone sober we are driving <laughs> back from blue frog and 
at one of the, it's a saturday night right so you have those check posts right yeah so yeah. we are approaching a check post and like everyone in the car is freaking out they're like oh my god the police are going to stop us because imagine like one car full of youngsters like of course that's like <laughs> you know the cops are going to stop you and i'm like guys like you need to relax because there's a rule against drinking and driving there is no yeah. rule against being a passenger and being drunk <laughs> yeah. you know can everyone just please calm, calm. down <laughs> and not freak out they're like turn 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 i'm like but why i am not drunk i didn't have a single sip of alcohol this so. is like drunk folks talking yeah, yeah, fully course. like interesting this is drunk paranoia it gets more interesting we get stopped by the cop Oh god <laughs> makes me roll down the window we roll down the window and i'm like yeah and he's talking to me you know so the cops here like they engage uh, in conversation to see if they can smell the alcohol in yeah. your breath and everything right so he's like weirdly standing and trying to smell my breath i'm like just give me the analyzer already please yeah. so he's doing that then he's like uh, you know you'll have to go for a blood test to the government hospital i'm like yeah sure uh, yeah i can like let's go let's do this and all then he realized that i was really sober and then he looked at everyone in the car he's like who all have had alcohol i said everyone but me so he was like <laughs> okay he was like and then his passing note to me was so and it sounds a lot funnier in hindi when i'm going to just translate it to english he was like they're all friends with you because you're sober and you don't drink right i was like thanks. like thanks maybe i just have great personality but yeah let's just take yeah. that sober and that's, that's why they're hilarious. friends with me were you were you always a teetotaler or like what inspired that or like what what's the uh, idea behind that decision so I was not a, no no I wasn't to answer your question no I was not always a teetotaler mm-hmm. but I was also not somebody who would like like I tried I really tried hard to like really enjoy a drink and, get into you know, drinking like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just it was never my thing and then once I started triathlons almost like now 5 6 years back I realized that you know even this social drinking doesn't do you any good and the next morning I would just feel like blah and I would not want to get up I would feel bloated so one thing led to the other and finally now even if I want to I can't drink because i sometimes mm. get drunk on too much rum in a cake so yeah that's not <laughs> the body is kind of uh, weird that way but mm. yeah so i was not much of a drinker and so for me it was not like i'm giving up something very critical to me yeah no i think i i definitely remember this whole phase that saloni is talking about and i remember you know the in early 20s and throughout your 20s actually everyone thinks about oh you know i'm such a good binge drinker i can hold my drink all of that and we'd all go partying and saloni would always be the one saying no you know i'm fine i'm just going to drink water or sprite or whatever and i remember a bunch of guys or you know even girls would be like oh you're such a party pooper why wouldn't you drink all of that and uh, you know saloni's peer pressure and saloni's thing was see I don't need to have I don't need to be drunk to have fun like uh, isn't it isn't it enough that I'm here with you as a friend and having a good time with you like why do you want me to be drunk to have you know a good good time so yeah. I remember her always <laughs> having her own opinion about this and That's and amazing. really just sticking to it so I really admire that Yeah I was that. like guys I still like you need alcohol to dance <laughs> Yeah like, get me I can off dance, the dance yeah. get me <laughs> off the dance there the times I have to convince people I'm not drunk and that's just how I am naturally yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a story for another time but yeah I have to do Absolutely that. <laughs> No, for sure. Awesome. So yeah, talking about this, you you know you mentioned triathlons and Saloni. One of the things we wanted to really dig deep into is your love for, in my opinion, sudden love. Honestly, for just being this determined, persevering sportswoman, right? So for our listeners, um, can you first of all tell them like what is Ironman? What are triathlons? And what compelled you to become a triathlon? Right? Talk us, talk our listeners through it. the journey 
yeah so um the journey like 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 you know me so well <laughs> you know <laughs> so it was um it was not something i'd envisioned at all um so in school um, both of you knew me i was fairly like i was pretty active in sports but i mean that was yep. it like everyone pretty much is in school and things like that and um, i've always been outdoorsy but i didn't even know what triathlons are when up until i stumbled upon it so how this all started was how it starts for most people who get into this fitness journey and everything is that you become like ridiculously overweight okay and then you realize that clothes are not fitting and you know shopping is a nightmare and you go go shopping and suddenly you pick up all the ms and then you realize only xls fit you and then you're just depressed and you know so like stupid things like that happen because mm-hmm. work happened and then only work happens you lose that work life balance and it is you know you're freshly out of i was freshly out of b school and i just wanted to work and i always had an excuse to not uh you know do workouts or do whatever so this was somewhere around 2013 2000 yeah 2013 i think um wherein um, i you know started this entire thing that okay i need to get back into fitness is like at the fag end of 2013 so hmm. i started with normal runs and like my dad being a typical army dad gets up at 5 in the morning for a walk so yeah. i started accompanying him and then i obviously got bored of the walks i started then little running and then you know when you're in doing that thing, when you're in that mode you you tend to start interacting with people who are doing similar things and then i got to mm. know about this one run happening and i was like okay let's sign up for this 10k run and i died after that run i was like dude i'm never running a 10 kilometer in my life again you know this is like this is my everest and i've done it and i'm so proud of myself but it's still like nothing more than that wow um this was again october 2013 and um again because of the same reason because i started enjoying it i i was feeling fitter i was feeling good about myself you know the endorphins were totally kicking in and doing the th- work that they're supposed to do um mm. someone told me about this triathlon happened i did not know what a triathlon is up until then i have to be honest i did not know what a mm. triathlon was i read up read up i'm like so this is swimming this is cycling and running um, in that order and i was like yeah this sounds like fun made another two three friends sign up and like this sunday morning go have some fun kind of a thing but what changed and that's and how you rightly put it it was a sudden you know a uh, love for mm. triathlons is that first triathlon changed my life in a way that i didn't own a cycle I had a friend's borrowed cycle but the rush and the rush that i felt after completing and it was like this really very small triathlon some like 800 meters of swimming 10 kilometers of cycling mm. five Five kilometer running back then for me that was a big deal. Uh, hmm. Now I can very nicely and pompously say that it's a, we all you know, know what a, you can do it's now. It's like yeah. whatever, <laughs> but yeah, that time it was like oh my god, this is I'm so cool. And so once I did that, I realized that the thrill of doing three sports one after the other is something that really got me hooked on, and the excitement of it, and it was love at first sight. Like I felt so hard for it. and mm. so one thing left led to the other like so you know how it happens once you start doing it like how n- that time 800 meter swimming a 10k bike ride and a 5k run was a big deal for me i kept kept at it then it got easier for me and i kept raising the bar for myself mm. and that's how 
um another race then happened after that soon after that this is jan 2014 it's called the enduro race in pune okay it's mm-hmm. a endurance race that happens it is basically um uh, you are thrown in the sahadris the hills there um and mm. you have to bike you have to navigate um you have to you know ration your supplies they give you no aid so from right from water to everything you have to find these little little villages in between it's like a mm. fitness of the survival kind of a uh, 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 race hence the name enduro from endurance and mm. we raced non stop for 27 hours wow. and by the end of it where people were crying and they were like you know ready to give up and all i just saw a very different side of me i saw a very pumped a very in control and a very not tired which was really weird because after we finished the race we went back uh, the the because we had our gear and our cycles with us the organizers dropped up to a certain point and then everyone had vehicles coming to pick them up i asked some two auto rickshaw guys who could take me home they said no i rode 10 kilometers back home after racing for 27 hours <laughs> Yeah. and my sister couldn't believe it she was like are you retarded like i what is wrong yeah. with you and next day i was just like i i was i was obviously i was next day i was like feeling pains and things like that but the rush and then i realized that i'm an i'm a absolute endurance uh, junkie if i may mm. say that so and like i said stumbled upon one thing from the other so the best way to marry my two passions that i had discovered months from each other were triathlons and endurance and Iron Man was the best way to kind of you know push myself and test myself to see what I'm truly made of. So that's how Iron Man happened. And Iron Man, for, for all your listeners, is an uh, is a triathlon race which is pegged as one of the world's toughest uh, triathlon races, uh, one day sporting events. In fact, um, it comprises of a 3.8 kilometers of a swim in the ocean. Uh, hmm. followed by a 180 kilometers bike ride and then you finish it up with a 42.2 kilometers which is a full marathon and you do it one after the other wow <laughs> so yeah <laughs> wow incredible i mean just listening to that uh, of course i i knew the broad journey but just listening to the details saloni it it just um, you know personifies that whole point of like passion like when someone's kind of captured by an idea and an imagination it's just you know and you just like went for it right so sounds sounds like that rush initial rush of running that initial race and knowing that hey this is something that i really enjoy and you know getting your endorphins kicking i think mm-hmm. that's what compelled you to keep keep going sounds like i guess what's the most uh, in this journey right what's the most challenging part of being a triathlete along with having a full time job i know since i've known you you've always been working like i said you've not like left your job to to do this full time so how do you how do you do that how do you find that balance um so yeah i mean i'm going to take as two different questions one is about how yep. do you manage with the uh, work and the second part being how uh, what are the different challenges yep. so um So yeah so take the first question about the different challenges challenges are multi level um and challenges are something which evolve um have evolved rather since the time i started so when i started back in 2014 um people didn't really know what triathlons are people didn't know what ironman was um there were very few women doing ironman so that was the first challenge i did not have enough information available to me so as much as i could research online i would do that i mean 
very basic thing like how to deal with um, triathlons during your menstrual cycles or what do you mm. do as a as a woman because you're sitting on your saddle for so long you know things like that how to how to deal with uh, chafing like Mm. if any athletes are listening to this they will understand that chafing is something which all of us go through and sometimes you're just like what the hell is this like why is this happening to me right and but no one tells Could you, you about it you explain what chafing right? is right now for there those is of us who don't know what it is so chafing is basically um, because when you're uh, when you're doing any of these activities there is a lot of friction between um, either to like your skin or over the clothes that you're wearing so um, like a lot of men after a marathon will get bloody nipples because of like mm. the nipples literally bleed all right mm. so most first time runners go through that um with the women we are wearing sports bras right so a lot of time because of that constant you're constantly moving and your piece of clothing is rubbing against oh. your skin you get like mm. these mm. scrapes which you don't realize until you stand wow. under a shower and then Ouch. it stinks <laughs> you know and sometimes you get it at really weird places so yeah so like you know no one talks about it that openly like now things have changed but back then no one really did speak about it so no one told you that you know you, if you know your sha- and also shaf areas for people vary hmm. you know depending on your how your body is what material you're wearing it it, it differs so you need to go through the shafing experience to know where you will shaf and then make sure that you're applying the right lubricant there So you know these are the little things so the information was always a challenge uh finding people to train with because it's a very lonely journey uh training because um not everyone was training for it not everyone's at the same fitness level not everyone is gunning for the same races so i've spent most of my time training all by myself so you know it's only like in the last year or two where i found like a a a group of people with whom i could train with and people who had similar uh, racing goals as me and uh, aptitude to a certain extent as well otherwise there's no point of going for a bike ride with somebody where the other person is 10 kilometers ahead of you or behind you it doesn't help mm. uh, so that was another challenge you know finding that ecosystem um then um on top of that uh, um just the infrastructure um especially in india it's um not very convenient uh, in a lot of ways like uh, like small things like pools have like these crazy timings they'll be open for first two hours like from 6 to 10 in the morning and then mm. from 3 to 7 in the evening and um whenever i've traveled abroad and all there have these you know they have these swim places swimming pools which are open throughout the day so you That's can go true. as per yeah. your convenience right and summers it's impossible because it becomes like it's a public these are public pools so you know you 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 just don't have you know you have like you can't even do one length without some yeah. 30 people ramming into you so uh, roads are not i used to ride on the highway which is not the safest thing to do but there is no option you know mm. so so there were challenges on challenges on various level but then you uh, learn to tackle them you learn to overcome it when you're very passionate about it like for me now um for me the biggest challenge right now i have completely shifted my life from pune to bangalore four months back so mm. i've completely lost my mm. ecosystem i don't have my ecosystem here and just when i was in the phase of building an ecosystem covid happened so mm. training training takes a toss right so that yeah. cha- multiple challenges that are happening uh, that have a role to play over the years how have i managed to come into your second question how have i managed yeah. to uh, do this yes i've i've been working non stop for the last 10 years um never had a <laughs> break of sorts but um uh, i just 
honestly don't view it as managing it with work because for me it's like no one asks you right like are you how are you managing to have a meal while working right mm. um triathlon and training has become such an integral part of my life and an integral part of who i am that is just business as usual for me right but yeah there have been a certain amount of sacrifices um um very less parties but you find that you find that uh, balance somewhere like you know i would give myself that leeway where i would go for parties i'm not that strict on myself i mm. would make sure that i'm catching up with friends um you know for brunches instead of nights and like friends have been accommodating and i think the only way to manage anything that you're really passionate about while having a full time job is prioritizing and i think that is one thing that i have learned out and out and i have uh, learned i some somehow still fall off the wagon once in a while but prioritizing is i mean it's normal to fall off like it's only yeah. human like i would be a Absolutely. robot if i said otherwise but yeah so prioritizing is something that like i knew where i want to spend time how i want to spend time and it's it has a benefit in a lot of ways because the minute you start prioritizing in certain aspects of your life it manifests uh, itself in every other aspect of your life so which meant i was prioritizing at work i knew what goals and what um, projects and how much of and time how much time and effort i have to put in there even mm. relationships right like you know i knew the ones that i valued and i wanted to really really you know uh, basically i i could prioritize between relationships as well from just acquaintances and acquaintances to close friends and who i wanted to make that effort with and give my time to i think because your time is one of the most valuable thing you can give to anyone and i did that wow you know that's that's yeah. beautiful um also when you were talking and you said like doing this is such an integral part of your life when we were asking about your identities i think the strongest identity that shines through for me is like of you as a triathlete like just seeing that and just how committed you are to this is super inspiring like just super inspiring and i i love how you shared your story of your journey and it's interesting like you you talked about shaving you talked about you know finding out all these little things that you learned along the way and i was curious like so what is something that surprised you uh, when you first started out apart from like learning about all these things it could be something about the sport or even yourself um like what would you say that was something that surprised you um about the sport maybe not much because honestly i didn't know much mm-hmm. about the sport to begin with so for <laughs> me everything was learning so nothing really surprised me hmm. but uh what did surprise personally is uh, about myself is that i am amazed at what the human hmm. body can do and and you know i know it sounds very very f- philosophical and it sounds like cliche to a certain extent that it's mind over matter or mind over body i have lived it i have experienced it and i can give you anecdotal proof that that is the truth because there are there were times where you physically are giving mm-hmm. up you know mm-hmm. and the only thing that keeps you going is is your mental capability i mean i'm not saying that i'm such a super strong person who does not like get mentally down of course i do like i remember there was a time where i was driving back from work i had woken up at 5 am to make it to the pool at 6 train for an hour 
in the pool then train in the gym for another hour go to work and i had a you know like a long crap day at work and while driving back i was stuck in a traffic jam and a journey that a drive that used to take me like 40 45 minutes that day took me one and a half hour and i remember standing at a signal and breaking down i was hmm. crying because i'm just like i'm so exhausted that my brain is not working and i don't deserve this traffic jam right so i had <laughs> moments like that but i was just amazed that how your body when you want something so bad you have these moments but you get over it and the next morning i was back up at 5 o'clock training again and doing the whole thing again going to work and coming back and driving myself everywhere um and and it's it's like i thought you know with an iron man i've i've pushed myself to the limit and you know what other challenging feat can i do and that's when i signed up for deck and cliffhanger which is a mm. 643 km uh, cycling race starts at pune ends at uh, uh, goa and it's it's a very it's a crazy crazy route um and and i did that i i i finished that i won the women's category in that and and that's what i'm saying like it just it amazes me what the human body is capable of and with each passing race with each passing uh thing that i do i'm just like i'm like it's amazing it's amazing how when you put your mind to something um your body just like it surprises you in more ways than one so i'm convinced that when people say i can't do this or i can't do that it's very self limiting it has nothing to do with your bodily capabilities wow. thank you so much for sharing that and also for being vulnerable i think uh, it's like it's it's super inspiring right like how what you learn from it but also like what you uh, took away from it uh, you mentioned earlier when we were asking you about challenges around um doing the triathlon while I, while you're on a period right um what is it like being mm-hmm. a female athlete um on the international stage but also like what role does gender play in the iron man like how did you experience that experience uh, is there an iron woman out there like what what is how is the scene out there so it's so this question mm-hmm. i get asked very often that people are like um why is it called mm-hmm. an iron man why is it yeah. not called mm-hmm. an iron person why is it not called an iron woman and my response to that has really like changed <laughs> over time cuz honestly i really don't very very honestly right i i i don't see this as a sexist mm-hmm. thing at all i don't you know um, iron man is in fact one of the very few races where um you could be an 18 year old or an 88 year old your cut off time is the same you could be gender neutral male female trans whatever you identify with there is no special uh, cut off times for you you could be handicapped yet the cut offs are not you know mm-hmm. different for people so i think it's such a it is it's one for all in so many ways so i i honestly doesn't bother me one bit it's called iron man or it's called uh 
it's called Iron Man. It doesn't bother me one bit. And most athletes there that I've interacted with feel the same. Like men, women. I mean, men. I mean, obviously they have nothing to mind <laughs> per se. But for women, it's like it's like. And I, in fact, I'm very happy being called an Iron Man. And I remember telling somebody, I'm like, imagine if it were called a Iron Woman, how many men men would be proud to be called an Iron Woman? Like very few. Mm. So I think we as women also, you know, I mean, it's a cheeky reply, but you know, like we as women also. are so confident about it that we are very happy being called an iron man and it doesn't bother and i don't think it's a it's a yeah i mean nobody really thinks twice yeah, about I... it yeah and 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 these races the gender uh, participation is skewed of course like mm-hmm. you know out of like i remember in when i raced in hawaii we were like around 3000 3000 athletes around mm-hmm. and of which like 800 mm-hmm. were women of which i was the only indian woman so you know wow. it, that gender ratio is a little skewed but i don't think i think i think people just focus on the wrong thing about saying that so mm-hmm. what should we call this i mean mm-hmm. don't focus on that right focus on what the race stands for what it implies what it signifies i think yep. that's more I important i hear you um i think in today's like just political climate and like this whole idea of being woke and um you know playing into the whole identity politics of things uh, we often like have these questions or and like use this lens on everything but my biggest takeaway from what you said around the cut off time being the same for everyone no matter what uh, category is that is the whole idea of choice right like if you choose to do it like you choose yeah. to do it and you do it you played by the rules and by the end of the day it's a choice whether you choose to take part or not yeah and like i initially also told you guys right that i've i've grown up with very strong uh, i've been grown up to be uh, i've been brought up to be a very strong independent fierce ambitious kind of a person and that's the role models i have at home my mom my sister right and even so when people ask that they're like oh my god so like are you not a feminist mm-hmm. when you feel that you know it should not be mm-hmm. called an iron man or an iron woman or whatever and all my only take on that is that people just have it wrong they think being a feminist is to constantly trying to prove that a woman is better than a man but that's not the point for me in my opinion a true feminist is about gender equality it's not about superiority mm. you know so hence for me i don't mind this like i think the focus is sort of saying that start a separate game like everyone's racing at the same time right so i also say that you know earlier like for me common man does not imply just a man like i know now it's called a person or yeah. whatever but common <laughs> man meant everyone right everyone it encompassed everyone and i see it from that lens i view it from that lens and i'm like the focus here should not be to call it iron man or woman it should be like how do we get more women mm-hmm. involved in this how do we get more women to participate in it and that mm-hmm. should be the focus right so i think people just get a little confused and mixed up with things so yeah that's my take on it yeah i think that's so well put right and and we face that in all industries right i mean you obviously spoke at length about uh, sports but mm. um i i've definitely seen that even in the business world and you know arthi sees it in the non-profit world and and all of us are obviously trying to make the numbers less skewed and bring in more equality but you're right like the entire point is to look at the bigger picture and not miss you know the 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 forest for the trees mm-hmm. like they say right Absolutely. i mean don't don't focus on on 
the nitty gritty of it like focus on the bigger picture and how we can lift yeah. everyone off it um yeah that's that's very very well put and and so heartening to hear you say that right uh, and and the fact that you truly believe in that uh, despite being and and those numbers you mentioned were really mind blowing right out of 3800 and you were literally the only indian woman there yeah. it obviously makes us super super proud but then also the next question is like how can we get more people there and you know more more uh, more representation um but yeah thanks yeah. for sharing that You also mentioned Saloni a little earlier about um the infrast- almost like grappled with not really knowing what the you know what the structure is and and you spoke a little bit about swimming pools uh, or even just any sort of structure in in India versus the rest of the world and you've obviously trained at a lot of these places you've represented India in a lot of uh, different countries how would you describe the Indian sports ecosystem overall and obviously triathlons in particular um and especially for athletes like you who are self sponsored right if if i'm if i and i know that uh versus someone who's say represented by the government of india or uh, you know other sports where they have some sort of structure or funding so what are some nuances there and what are some challenges when you think about that so if i have to compare oranges to oranges in this case um obviously we are way behind um unfortunately we are way behind on the infrastructure on the opportunities that um sports and uh, sports people and athletes uh, are provided in our mm. country be it from opportunities be it to infrastructure uh, be it to guidance to a, to a lot to a, to a big extent so like what i've seen abroad is that you know they have a very importantly they inculcate this um uh, sports you know it is not something which is limited to those you know one period compulsory yeah. period you know in how we had it in our school times or even now pt right? class um pt <laughs> class <laughs> but but yeah so um a the very foundation of sports and being outdoors and excelling in sports is something that is instilled in them at a very early early stage unfortunately and it is done for various sports you know unfortunately in our country having access to sports facility like you know we have grown up in army cantonment yeah. so we have always like i always assumed and it was my ignorance that um, you know everyone has has yeah. access to a 50 meter yeah. pool but how many people actually do now when i'm like a civilian i'm leading a civilian life i realize that it's a luxury for sure mm-hmm. absolutely right which is not the case abroad so you know these are these little little things that really add up to so we are obviously way behind and there is so much more that could be done um you know you i mean the very fact given our population the number of people we have and if you just like compare it to the um uh, the medal tallies that we have at any world class event it will tell yep. you mm-hmm. right so i mean obviously there is a lot of work to do but but yeah i mean what do you do about it like you, i mean everyone is trying their their own their the little bit that they can do in trying to um you know like i know some people personally who are uh, training talent at a very very nascent stage and everything like that but um, the real impact will come when there are some policy level decisions that are made mm-hmm. you know and and infrastructure is provided and not just providing it but maintaining yeah. it like some of our some of our um, like 
I just recently was at the Jawaharlal Nehru Stadium, right, in January in Delhi, which was actually put together for um, the Asian Games, I think. Put yeah for the for the Commonwealth, Commonwealth right, Games. Right, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, and uh, the stadium where we were having a conference, the JL and Auditorium, was actually the indoor weightlifting. Hmm. Okay, and it was in such a dilapidated state; it's not even funny not even funny and that is unfortunately what you know we are unable to provide our upcoming youth in pune i used to go to the to the again to the 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 uh, balewadi stadium mm. there which has like different different uh, uh, sections where p- students are training and you know we would talk to them these really these really super fast kids who are really good they come from really small villages mm-hmm. and uh, really really uh, backward uh, and poor families right but they have been talent has been identified and they are coming they are brought to the city and they are trained but there is no nutrition plan for yep. them mm-hmm. you know and that's a that's that's basic like that's basic there's no nutrition plan for them they are um, when they go for international races and all they actually have to do crowdfunding to send mm-hmm. them you know so i mean that is the kind of um, unfortunate uh, unfortunate uh, situations that are there in our uh, country and unfortunately some sports get more visibility like like we all know what cricket nation <laughs> yeah we are cricket yeah. crazy and hey i love cricket yeah. and i love watching cricket but i think other sports also deserve that visibility and infrastructure like um you know why is it that hockey being our national yeah. sport is nowhere in the scene anymore mm-hmm. how is that at one point of time we were a strong football team we are not there anymore mm. so it's just it's just one of those things where like i said we as a changes need to happen on a very policy and at at a very very government level for us to actually see movement in that area yeah and to your point also loni at the societal level right i remember growing up sports like you mentioned was something you did in your free period say the math teacher didn't show up or you know your science teacher didn't show up like okay go play pt or you know go play out in the field it was never a structured hey for a holistic development of a child and an individual like sports yeah. teaches you skills that you can never learn in the classroom or in your books right and and Absolutely, you know that Absolutely 100% um so so yeah. like you said at the, even at a societal level in in addition to policy and and you said that right so so i think mm. you're right there's so there's a long way to go but hopefully you know we're heading in the right direction and that's that's what um yeah that's what we all have the hope for following up uh, to that right what does a career in an endurance sport like the you know ironman or or triathlons look like is can you make a full time career out of it why or why not what do you think about that so the thing is that um, as far as being a full time so okay let me take a step back and start from the sport itself the sport is very very new in our mm. country uh, you you don't have too many um uh, indian triathletes right of international level so there's a reason why um even if you see on olympic level like you know a lot of our triathletes don't make the mark mm. even uh, like we have up till nation, uh, national games and all but even if you see the asian championships and all triathlon is like the olympic distance is a part of all these uh, um, like i know it for a fact that olympics uh, in the olympics as well we have uh, the uh, triathlon but we don't have any representation from mm. india because none of us make the yeah. mark no, none of them qualify yeah. for it so mm. it's a very very new uh, sport in our country first second i personally 
don't know anybody who has made a full-time career out of it because uh, the only professional level triathletes are the ones who can compete in the olympic and none of us ga- none of our guys qualify yeah. for it um the other triathletes if you see the track record and the progress of all the like the world champions right now in the ironman distance right now they are all who are coming from uh who are coming back from uh, who are coming from a background of uh, olympics and who are like who have been uh, you know whatever represented yeah. the country and won like, pro athletes medals and yeah. everything because what happens yeah absolutely pro athlete so what happens is that these folks um so to do a shorter distance you need to sudden burst of energy you need to me be you don't need so much endurance but you need speed hmm. so the typical progression of an athlete is that when they're young in their 20s and everything like from their uh, teens to their 20s mid 20s and everything they um and you look at all of them you look at like a john frudino who's world number 1 right now you look at uh, uh daniela reef and all they have all represented their countries in one form or the other in these olympic mm. sports uh, all right um and then once they retired from that level of professional this thing they moved into ironman and from there most of their income is uh, of course prize mm. money and uh, from sponsorships that's how they they make Got their it. money a lot of people in india who i know who are like probably i would not call them or making a career out of it but they're not full time triathletes they make a career out of being coaches so while they are racing at the same time they are coaching other hmm. people so that is how uh, people who are into triathlons are making level nobody is making a level by uh, living by being just a full time triathlete yeah super interesting for sure um yeah seems like we have a long way to go there <laughs> and more people Agreed. need yeah, to yeah, start yeah. you know being a part of this uh, new sport in india relatively new sport uh speaking of being a part of uh triathlons uh so i am sharing that on my bucket list is to actually run the ironman <laughs> at some point in my life <laughs> and i have never run and i'm i was never a marathon person i did sprints and you know 100 meter dashes and things like that all my life uh, i mean when i was younger and now i sp- i played. i remember yeah. that yes <laughs> best sports girl baby i mean you were the best sports girl i remember in school and then um after you you know graduated i you know got to that grade and i was as well but um i play mostly group sports and i feel like since i'm younger i like you know i, I in when i was younger early 20s i was playing a lot more like of group sports ultimate frisbee and basketball are two things that i absolutely love uh, but as yes. i'm getting older i'm getting more introverted and uh, just socially and in my life in general and i've i always thought i would run something like um the iron man like later in life when i'm just more introverted and like i can spend more time with myself and this seems to be uh going there basically a midlife yeah. crisis exactly like a midlife crisis <laughs> she's how she's putting it exactly. shut up get out of here <laughs> no not saying that that's what you went through but loni <laughs> no, was more of a quarter I life like, where, i was like i was like where, where is she, she getting this was it was not a mid- see honestly a lot of people and i have to say this i might just like get some criticism for it but people do do triathlons as a midlife crisis but it was definitely not for me and it should not for you not be for you either arti okay it's not it's not Not really like I just thought it would be a fun thing to do later in life like when you I don't know I feel like I would 
I've just becoming more and more disciplined and like you know sorted in life as I'm getting older and I feel like I needed that level of sortedness to actually run it. So <laughs> the question is um since it is on basically my... your level of no- level your tolerance level for people's nonsense is going low. <laughs> that is what is happening. Exactly what is happening. Except, except <laughs> what's happening you're not becoming an intro. No 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 your no, tolerance your tolerance level of people's bs was always low I since I've known you since 10th grade actually. That's what don't don't I really admire about you. Like yeah it, really it is it is um... for sure. <laughs> calls calls a spade a spade oh, for sure <laughs> archie has been i've become better though i've been witness <laughs> like, no 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 call... i've been witness to many a confrontational conversations i've always been on the back side back, not tactful you know behind her saying no like, i can't believe listen. you said that <laughs> but but always yeah, been proud I mean, of that yeah i am i am uh, arti to answer your question yes i am probably learn to be slightly diplomatic especially now when i'm like a people's manager and all i can't yeah. be like hey you are an idiot okay <laughs> this is not how it's done <laughs> i will get fired <laughs> like you the say next it day in a more professional but... manner your areas for <laughs> development <laughs> are that, that, that. <laughs> exactly so i've learned that tactic and so because i have to show so much tactic and grace and <laughs> diplomacy at work i have zero filters in real life <laughs> and archie is unfortunately privy to that where i'm just like listen you're being an idiot just get out no, of yeah, here no yeah no no we, we found the equilibrium i've become a little more out uh, out there and loni has become more diplomatic so it's you know we rub That's off on each other good things all right so this balance in the universe yeah. guys getting sorry. to my question yes sorry so, <laughs> That's ask okay. it so my question was um yeah someone who's aspiring to do that at some point in life i don't know when what advice would you have and what is something you wish you had known when you started out um Oh Firstly um my advice to people out there would be first off know what you're getting into like i have so many people walk up to me say i want to do an iron man but i can't swim i'm like but bro <laughs> <laughs> that is the first leg of the sport you have to swim for 3.8 kilometers mm. in the ocean you know it is not a joke so um can you just like probably start by like learning how to swim but yeah <laughs> what, what do you want me to tell you yeah, <laughs> yeah like, like i i have had some people like come up to me so i i don't look like a triathlete right i don't i'm not i'm not ripped and everything so people are like oh, if you can do it i can also do it but i don't know how to swim i'm like so that just means that you can't do what i just did like can we just accept God, facts people. here but yeah. people are yeah. funny but yeah so um yeah jokes apart a my advice to a lot of people who are starting off is that pace yourself because people like get very um intrigued by this and are you know like get overwhelmed not overwhelmed but like kind of um the entire coolness factor that comes when with doing something like this they're so overpowered by it that they forget why they started so let this not be a midlife crisis let be passionate mm. about this you know yes. because then is, that is the only way you will be able to sustain it you know so there is no other way like i started off on borrowed bicycles mm. you know i still don't have the fanciest trainer i still don't have the fanciest garmin people who are just getting into the sport are like oh i want to buy this and i want to buy that there is no end to the gadgets that you you can you can purchase and invest in but know why you're doing it are you doing it to prove a point are you doing it for personal satisfaction are you doing it because you want to suddenly become a pro triathlete mm. 
I mean, your your journey is your own journey as long as you know where you're getting at, and invest your time, your finances because this is a very expensive sport. I'll have to admit it's a very, it's a bleeder, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to that because you're not investing in one sport, you're investing in three different sports, and cycling alone is a super expensive sport. So, be wise about why you're doing it. Is is the is the only suggestion I give everyone and have smaller milestones. I know a lot of people who have seen Ironman Karenge, they have not done a 10 kilometer, they make a year long, pro, uh, uh, you know, projection of, of uh, wanting to do an Ironman and, and that is the only goal that they keep. And then what happens is as time goes by, as sometimes, you know, exhaustion takes over and that internal inter, uh, initial euphoria goes away, then you start like losing that momentum and things like that. So keep smaller milestones, you know. So if you want to do an Ironman one year from now, keep smaller stones, uh, smaller milestones because you keep getting those small wins. Yep. You know, that would, so that it le- adds up to the greater challenge that you have in mind. So I think these will be the two, basically just be true to yourself. Know why you're doing this. Yeah. And be honest about it. And that would be my only and and work towards it with small, small goals so that you are constantly motivated, you're constantly inspired and you're not bogged down with, you know, small misses here and there. Mm -hmm. Thanks a lot for the advice. That's super helpful and super practical. I really appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah. And and I think like the biggest thing there is the why, right? The why behind everything. And I think that flows so well to anything in life, Loni, right? Because... Yeah. Ask yourself constantly why you're doing what you're doing. Is it for instant gratification? Is it, you know, how you're viewed by others or, or is it truly something that you want to do? Right. And I think we all just yeah. don't recognize um, something as simple and basic as that. And we get caught up in the. Yeah. And you don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to put it out there also. Yeah. Like be true to yourself. If mm-hmm. you're doing it for Instagram, then be That's honest true. that you're doing it for Absolutely. Instagram. Like, like it's, it's funny, like during this lockdown that. period, people have. <laughs> People have asked me like, oh, you're not working out off late or what? I'm like, why are you assuming that? They're like, we don't see any of your updates on workouts or anything on Instagram and all. I said, have you ever seen? Like if anyone goes through my page, they will never once in a while, probably at the end of a completion of a race or something, will I put that to, I did this. My page is not about that because I'm not doing it for mm-hmm. that. I'm doing it for me personally. And that's that's why I know that I'm true to myself, and that's not I, how I know that I'll be able to sustain this. That is so true. I'm as charged up about it as I was five years back as I am today. That's incredible, Loni. Yeah, and and I think we all get so caught up in this whole instant gratification, uh, vicious cycle, right? And and even even this whole thing about just start somewhere. Like you don't have to run a race like tomorrow, but just walk today and you know run like 10 kilometers you know 10 meters tomorrow or 100 meters and then you know build up to it so so that's definitely yeah it's a small yeah. win yeah, yeah. awesome so this has been so much fun uh and i think conversations like these really help help us get into the nitty-gritty of the mind of the person that we're speaking with right and of course uh you know we know you and all of that but uh we're so excited about these interviews because we really get to know the the stories that we've, we haven't uh you know dug into or the or the motivations and really get an insight into your mind so that's so helpful and thanks for being vulnerable and candid uh more than anything else right uh as a guest that's really what we hope that our guests do um what are you curious about you. what are you curious about right now loni uh what is um you know what is keep keeping up your interest oh like when is going to stop <laughs> when can i go feel like i've lost all my tan i want my tan back oh i <laughs> yeah. hear you um i want to i want to feel um i since my move to 
anyways training was affected since my move from Pune to Bombay with my new job so I just like I want to get back into that you know cycle of things uh, and uh, yeah I'm, I'm, I, I think that's the only thing that's running on everyone's mind everyone just wants just wants uh, to go back to normal or the things that we took so granted like took for granted right like running on the road was like ha i just go and yeah. do it anytime and now it is like a luxury absolutely so i think that's what's running on everyone's mind and i'm no different so yeah. in that space i'm just i'm just itching to just for this thing to end for people to come out of of it safely yeah. and now that's yeah. definitely the hope get back to stuff absolutely and uh, we all know that um, you know your I, i mean i know for sure that you're such a uh, you have this wanderlust you and sonal are absolute globe trotters <laughs> um, you know and the thing i wanted to ask you as a wrap up is what does the term global desi mean to you do you identify as a global desi why or why not i do actually because for me when i think about global desi it is someone who is exposed to a lot of different cultures someone who it doesn't matter where you are living like for me i would call myself a global desi because uh, well i've traveled a lot not as much as i would have liked to but i've traveled i've been exposed to different cultures different people different way of working a lot of different diff- just different things uh you and arti on the other hand have like lived there have been educated there uh, into a certain level settled there right but we have a roots hmm. back in india so we can kind of you know not be blindsided by our culture and be judgmental of other things but we can probably look at a culture in a more appreciative way sometimes even in a little like you know how you can better it to a certain extent mm-hmm. because we have been exposed so you know we don't have those blinders which a lot of people who have not been exposed so if i had to put it on one way global desi for me would be a uh, exposure would be mm. someone who is just mm. exposed to a lot of different things and who can um you know who's who's empowered to make their own this life decisions without losing touch of their culture and from where they come that's awesome i love that we come back full circle to empowerment and and that's yes. i think that that will yes. be the theme of it and 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 also to me uh, mind over matter that really really stuck with me right the fact that uh, you believe in that so much and i know we hear it as a lovely quote but the fact that you've lived it and experienced it is uh, is yeah. great Awesome. This is so much yeah. fun, Loni. Thank you so much for doing this and we're so we you know we're so excited and um uh glad glad to get to know you better. Thank you so, much. so much. I know so much fun catching up with my two favorite rousers. Yeah. Woot woot. Yes, and to our listeners, we really really hope you enjoyed this and got to know um iron man slash woman or you know whatever you want to call it but just someone who um who is uh determined and perseverant and and just you know goes for her passion full force super inspiring super inspiring so definitely stay thanks you guys thank you loni and so to our <laughs> listeners stay curious and keep listening keep listening peace out peace out hey daisies If you enjoyed this episode, then please rate, review and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever else you're listening to podcasts. And drop us a note on lifeofaglobaldesi@gmail.com or our social media to keep up this awesome dialogue. 
Oh, and don't forget to give us a five-star rating. You're so cheap. Why are you asking them for five-star ratings? <laughs> well, I always ask for the rating I want, not the one I have. You know, like dress for the job you want, not the one you have. That's like the stupidest thing I've heard all day. Arthi, you're so judgmental. Well, you need to stop being listen, judgmental. <laughs> I just think you can't be so demanding. That's all. You ask for what you want. Bleh.